0: You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, I trust everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving with family? Uh, Yeah, it was good. We we stayed home and we were minus uh, our grandkids and one of our children and daughter-in-law, but we had the other one home and did a little bit of a friends giving and so it was good we had a we had a good time so we we're, we're going to get to spend christmas time with uh, with the grandkids uh this this coming next month um just in a few days so it's going to be good but uh yeah thanksgiving is such a great time and to hang out with family and all those good things i i have felt like today you know and this is going to sound you know like oh this is pretty obvious but i i think it's um even though it's obvious it's It's a lot easier to say than it is do sometimes, which is, uh, how do we live a life of thanksgiving? I mean, how do we really do that? And um, I want to read, I don't have this one on the screen, but I'm going to go ahead and read it from Psalms 126. And it says, when the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. We were filled with laughter, we sang for joy, and the other nations said, What amazing things the Lord has done for them. Yes, the the Lord has done amazing things for us, what joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest." And what I love about this passage is it's one of restoration, uh, it's one of abundance, it's one of hope. It's a reminder to all of us that although that we're all going through this place or we're experiencing the mystery, the challenge, uh, loss and grief, that we do have a reason to hope with God. Amen? Because we're all in the same place. And you know, in our own strength, Uh, You know, our hope can be tainted by a remnant of disappointment, by discouragement from previous circumstances or seasons, Uh, and gratitude in that becomes really difficult sometimes because it's, um, it's something that can begin to seem really foreign to us when we're experiencing things because we choose, a lot of times, it's because we choose to focus on the problem rather than focusing on the one who has the answer to all the problems, right? And so uh, you know, that's that's a real thing, man. It's uh it's a struggle that we we deal with as as human beings. I you know one one of the things in this passage in one in Psalms 126, I thought I love it. It says, and the other nations said, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Isn't that cool? Like when you walk in a place in a life of thanksgiving, it's going to be apparent to other people what God has done for you. But when you look inwardly, when you look out externally and maybe look at those circumstances, rather than looking inwardly to the one who guides and leads you and has all the answers to all your problems, you begin to put, put your light, we've talked about this, put your light under a basket. You begin to hide your light. And then it doesn't benefit the people that it's supposed to benefit, which is a, a hurting world, right? And so, you know, um, I believe that a life uh, that is full of thanksgiving, uh, what it does, it opens the door that will usher into a place of breakthrough for, for all of us. And as we see Jesus in all of our circumstances and grasp really a deeper revelation of who he is in our own life and what his kingdom is and the truth that Jesus has won absolute victory. Yeah. He's already won absolute victory in our lives. That is the truth you need to hang on to. You don't hang on to what you externally see. You hang on to the truth that he has won absolute victory. You know, we, we've entered into a really special time of the season, which I absolutely love. Uh, because there's just something that's in the air, you know? Have you guys noticed that, like during Thanksgiving and Christmas? This means yes. Okay. I know you guys ate a lot of food, but come on, let's do this. And, uh, you know, people begin, just people in general, it doesn't even have to be Christians, but people in general begin to lean into a place that they normally aren't in because they have an expectation that something might possibly happen. Something good possibly might happen, and um, you know they open their minds to focus on the possibility. There's hope for their current situation, and you know Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, with Thanksgiving surprises, uh, goodwill, and family. Uh, You know, I was at the store. I was at the store the other day, and uh, you know, again, you can feel it when you're out uh, during Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thanksgiving and Christmas season, people are just nicer. Have y'all noticed that? Or am I the only one experiences that? So I, I was going into a line the other day, and, I, you know, okay, I'm going to have to, you know, tell you guys I wasn't walking in the spirit on this one. You know, I was trying to hurry. How many of you guys go to the store, especially during the holidays, and you're trying to get your list for all the dishes for your wife or for you or whatever, and you go to the store and you don't get the most important ingredient on your list? Right? And then you got to go back. I think I did that like three times this year already. And so I'm, you know, hurrying, going through the store going, I can't believe I'm here again, you know. And so I'm rushing around trying to hurry up and get my stuff and get out in the line. So I grab my stuff and out of the peripheral, I see this woman coming really fast. And I'm like, Mm-mm, she ain't get in front of me. And so I just jumped right into the line. And then the Holy Spirit rebuked me and said, that wasn't very nice. So I turned around and I said, "I preferred," and I said, "Hey, I'm so sorry. Did I jump in front of you? Which I, was, I know I did. Uh, kinda. I mean, we were both kind of on the same path. You know what I mean?" And she goes, "Oh no, it's okay. You just go on and go. It's it's no big deal." She said, "I've got so much to be thankful for." And I was—I don't know if the lady was a Christian or not, but it's that whole. It's that whole thing, because, you know, when I say, are you making fun of me? Because I said whether she's a Christian or not. Because Christians are supposed to be happy. They're supposed to be thankful. They're supposed to be walking around, uh, releasing heaven like Craig was talking about this morning. And, you know, it's, you know, then when we see other people that don't know our Lord, don't know Jesus, don't know what he's done for us, and they're thankful and they're leaning in it, it's, it's like amazing to me. It's because there is a spirit that is in operation. It's the Spirit of God. And He's calling them and trying to remind them hey, there's, there's breakthrough for you, you know? And, um, you know, so the, the question I have for you today is how, is how can we as a people live from a place of intentionality in the area of Thanksgiving? And there's three ways that I have found we can do this. And the first one is you put that slide up for me, Jerry. You're amazing. The first one is, we have a thankful heart looking back at what he has done. Man, we should get a lot of amens on that one. Come on. How do you remain to be in a place where you're having a thankful heart? Because you're looking back at what he has done for you. I love this Psalms. You know, Psalms, if you want to look at a place where you're going to get encouraged to be thankful, it's Psalms. David had every opportunity to hate his life. I mean, right? Come on. I mean, that guy, hey, I was anointed. I was crowned to, uh, to be king at 12, blah, blah, blah. And then I get spears thrown at me. I get uh, chased all around the country. I got people trying to betray me. I got this happening, you know, this happening. This. And, and David somehow continued to manage to keep his praise on. And so I love, I love the Psalms. And so he says in Psalms 9, 1, and 2, he said, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things that you have done. And I will be filled with joy because of you. And I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. I love that verse. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we've got to stay in this place of thanksgiving, in this place of reminding ourselves of what he has done. You know, this has been years ago. Well, of course, even when our kids get grown, there's still opportunities for us to have challenges with our kids, grown adult kids, right? And so, uh, but back in the day when our kids were little, I remember us going and doing things together. And, you know, as a, a mom and a dad, you know, you're, you're trying to make it a great time. You're trying to get your kids to experience this thing where they're going to really enjoy their memories. And you put a lot of money into it. You've done all this stuff, okay? And uh, you get through with the activity or the event or whatever. You get in the car and you're driving home. And here it goes. You're sitting there at the wheel. And the first thing you hear is, stop touching me. <laughs> Mom, Dad, he's making fun of me mom, dad, he said, shut up. And and then they just continue to start fighting, you know. And uh, thank goodness God knew what he was doing when he said, it's not good for man to be alone. Because our wives are the ones that bring consistency, and they're the ones that bring uh, revelation to moments like that. Because Me, my tendency is to slam on the brakes, shut the car down, and begin to threaten them within an inch of their lives, right? Am I the only one, or you guys been there, right? It's like, why are you being so ungrateful, you little brat, you know? That's what you want to say. And you're like, you know how much money I spent on this outing? You know what we did, blah, blah, blah. Instead, mom comes to the rescue and says, oh, honey, y'all stop fighting. And what did you like the most about what we did today? what did she do? She got them to change directions. She changed the atmosphere. And when she did that, the fighting stopped, and they began to think about the things that they really enjoyed, and they began to talk about it. And uh, it's the same thing for us, you know. It's like when we choose to focus on the good, it really does create a space for thankfulness, And it shifts the environment from one of malcontent (laughs) to one of gratitude. And uh, Psalms, uh, back on Psalms 9, uh, 1 and 2, I didn't read 3, but Psalms uh, 9, uh, where did I have that, 9, on verse 3, this this makes complete sense when you read it. And I'm going to read it, I'll read it the whole thing again. But it says, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all the marvelous things you have done. I will be filled with joy because of you, and I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Number three says, my enemies retreated, and they staggered and died when you appeared. You get that? My enemies retreated, and they died when you appeared. And this is the thing I want you to focus on. When we decide to intentionally walk in a place of gratitude, when we intentionally decide to walk in a place of thankfulness and remember what he's done, and we we give thanks to him, our enemy, the devil, he absolutely becomes defeated. He becomes disarmed. And God gets the victory for it because it takes us to another place it changes and it shifts the atmosphere. And um, it just, it it does things for us that we just cannot, It's it's hard to even imagine. It doesn't make sense sometimes to go, well, I'm going through a really hard time right now, so I think I'm just going to thank God. That doesn't make sense to our mind. But spiritually, it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. So, uh, to live in a place of thanksgiving, to live a life full of thanksgiving, let the next thing that we 're going to do second slide is we have a thankful heart in the middle of what he is doing um, guys this is this is tough sometimes this is really tough uh, because when we 're in the middle of something and we 're in the middle of you know sometimes it could be persecution it could be you know obstacles it could be all these different things circumstances that we're going through it becomes a real tough place to focus on god rather than focusing on our problems how many of you've been there i do it all the time okay um, but i'm going to read 1st Thessalonians 5 16 and 18 it says rejoice always pray continually Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I want, I want to point something out to you, and it it's, it's, might seem you know obvious, but I don't think it is. I want you to carefully understand that it doesn't say, that we are thankful for all challenges or circumstances. Okay, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say we are thankful for all challenges or all circumstances. And where we got to, we've got to get a, an understanding of this because we've all grown up in such religious backgrounds and environments. Is that God doesn't use those things to punish us. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do that at all. I, I love. The fact that God does not punish us to teach us lessons. He's a good father. And let me read this verse to you because it's, it's so good. Let me see if I can do this without. I'm challenged. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to get my... All right. I love this verse. Matthew 7, 9 through 11. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, you will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you, natural parents, uh, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you good gifts? Give, get, ugh, Father in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him. And I think that's really important because we've heard a theology preached all of our lives that when we go through circumstances, we need to thank God for those circumstances because he's teaching us something. Right? Boo. I like that, Bill. Boo. Now that might be, that might be a mind boggle or a mind, your mind's blown around that because that's what I remember being taught that. And but that's not what this verse is saying. What it's saying is that you give thanks in the midst of your circumstances. That's where we've got to get to uh, in that place. And, uh, you know, there there are people that you are sitting next to right now, and you have no idea what's going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got to understand that as a body, we need to encourage one another, to exhort one another, to, th- to have a conscious, intentional mindset that we're reminding one another and lifting one another up to point each person to say, hey, even though I know you're going through this trial, even though I know you're going through this circumstance, I'll come in agreement with you. Let's just give God thanks. And let's see God do something absolutely supernatural on your behalf and we're all on the same journey. We're all going through the same stuff. And uh I know it can feel really overwhelming, but thankfulness is not about how you feel. Okay? Uh happiness, joy, it's not it's it's an inside job. It's a place that you have to get intentional with. And you know, it's one of these things that Uh, Again, thankfulness is not about how you feel. Thankfulness and gratitude is proactive. What does does a thankful person do? A thankful person doesn't wait for something good to happen, okay, to be grateful towards God. They just absolutely turn towards God and are thanking Him in the midst of whatever it is that they're going through. Remember Job, when Job was going through all his trials and all of his tribulations, people dying, losing cattle, losing his wealth and all that. And his wife was such an encouragement. She said, you know, you, you've been doing something wrong, and this is why you're being punished in these circumstances. And you need to just go ahead and curse God and then die. She wasn't bitter, was she? And uh, what, what did Job do? Job refused to do it. Job refused to curse God because Job remembered what God had done for him in the past, and that's what he held on to. He knew the circumstances he was going through was just going to be temporary. And Philippians 4, 6 uh, through 7, uh, I don't have this one on the screen, but if you know this one or you can turn to it, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Okay, here's the key. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen? There, this is a key. This is, this is a real key because when we get to this place and we begin to really believe this, what it says is that His peace will guard your heart and it'll guard your mind. And what happens when you replace your crazy chaos, your crazy anxiety and grief and all the other things with his unbelievable supernatural peace? It totally puts you in a place where you're able to hope for the future rather than get caught up in the situation that you're going through. You know, a thankful mindset or a posture is aware of all that God has already done in Christ. And remember, we're looking back at what He's already done so that we can posture ourselves in a place of thankfulness in the middle of what He's doing. And again, then His peace will guard our hearts and will rule, this is, which is huge, will rule over our emotions and our, our current circumstances. David, in Psalms 116, we're going to go back to David again. I love this. David said, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving. David said, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I want you to, this definition of sacrifice says to surrender or suffer loss for the sake of obtaining something. To give up in favor of. Of a higher or a more imperative object. That word imperative means vitally important or essential. So you're giving something up for something that's more vital and that's for something more essential. And what is that? That's the presence of God, that's His peace. That's what you're leaning into that's what you're you're giving up the other stuff so that you're sacrificing you're giving that stuff up so that you can lean into that you know david uh you know David talked about well, you know, living that kind of lifestyle of thankfulness is going to cost you something it's going to cost you something, and I think this is the thing where we as human beings it's really hard to give that sacrifice of thanksgiving because we know. It's going to cost us something. And what it's going to cost us is our own uh, self-pity. It's going to cost us our own victim mindset. Sometimes we like to wallow in a victim mindset. (laughs) Everybody's looking at me like deer in the headlights. Come on, guys. Sometimes we like wallowing in a victim mindset. Why? Because we don't have to take responsibility for our current situation. Okay? So... When David says, I'm going to, make a, I'm going to do a, a, a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, he's saying, I'm refusing the right, or I'm refusing myself the right to feel sorry for myself. That's the only way you're going to get out of your current situation, is refusing yourself the right to feel sorry about the situation that you're going through. Because why? Because you can look back on what God has done for you in the past. Guys, I, I do this all the time. I'm, I, I'm not the, I know I'm not the only one. I, I mean, God kicks my butt on a regular basis and basically tells me, hey, you need to pull yourself up. Hey, good old Texas term. You need to pull yourself up by your bootstrap, bootstraps and get moving forward. And just trust me and lean into what I'm doing. Giving him thanksgiving in the middle of what he's doing, and and saying that, hey, I'm gonna make a sacrifice right now, and I'm gonna tell my emotions to shut up, basically. Uh, in First Chron, I want to make a point on this sacrifice thing. In in First Chronicles twenty one twenty four. It's talking about a story that David's going to build an altar, and he's wanting to make this sacrifice to the Lord. And his buddy Aruna uh, has this fresh threshing floor in this place where they do the wheat and all that. And David goes to Aruna, and Aruna sees David, and of course, David's the king. He falls down on his on his knees and says, "My king, uh, you can have anything I have." to build the altar and to make your sacrifice. I have oxen. I have the threshing floor. I have wheat for the grain offering. I'll give it all to you. And you know what David said? This is is amazing. David looked at him and he said, No, I insist on paying you the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice a burnt offering that costs me nothing. (laughs) Again, Thankfulness is going to cost you something. It really is. It's going to cost you something. And you'll have to tell, again, you'll have to tell your emotions, your feelings to shut up and remind yourself you're not a victim. What are you? You are a victor. You are a victor in Him. And, um, you know, when we learn to position ourselves and position our hearts in the midst of worry, fear, and anxiety, then that supernatural, the, the Prince of Peace will show up, and begin to prepare us for the future. And this is another tough one, but the third slide put it up. It says, we have to be thankful. We have to have a thankful heart looking forward to what he's about to do. And, you know, this is tough because when we're living in the tension and the mystery of God's timing, it's all about what our walk of faith is. There's that mystery in the timing. But we're trusting God to do it, and we know that He's good, and we know that what He has promised us, He is able to perform. So we have that, but there's that tension of, when's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? You might have a vague idea how it's going to happen, but we don't know all of it. But 1 Corinthians 2.9, it's up here, it says, As it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the human heart conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Isn't that good? I mean, he's basically given us a promise here. He says, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, or, or your heart has conceived, what God has prepared for you because he loves you so much and that means that God is going to be faithful in the, even in the midst of your tribulations even in the midst of your circumstances you can still praise him you can still give him thanks thanksgiving because you know he has prepared for you great things because he loves you and i love isaiah 43:19 it says and again even though we don't know exactly We do have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us through the Holy Spirit. And this is what I love about Isaiah 43, 19. Because we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us, it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? Amen? Now, again, you know, timing has some things to do with this. But you're going to perceive what God's getting ready to do. Because his spirit lives on the inside of you. And again, he, he might not give you the exact details, but he'll give you kind of a sometimes a leading or a knowing of what's fixing to happen, and it'll prepare you to position yourself to receive. Amen? So and he says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now that's pretty incredible right there. If you've ever gone if you've ever gone through the wilderness uh or through the woods, It's it's crazy. Uh, Brad just bought him some property down in uh, South Georgia, and uh, man, you talk about thick woods. You can't. It's so thick, briars, and man, you can't get through it. But it says that God will make a way through that wilderness for you. He will show you the path that you're to go on. And even if you're in a dry place right now and you feel like you're in a desert, that you're just parched, man, that it, there's no hope for you, that God's going to bring a resource in a dry and a lonely place, and He's going to bring His living waters to your life, and He's going he's to prepare you for that. It's going to be good. Uh, let me tell this story, and we're going to do something, and uh, I'm going to keep my promise about finishing up early today. And uh, so, my wife started this tradition, I, I wish tradition. I, wish I could claim it. The only thing I can claim is that I do something with the corn other than what she does with it. But, so during Thanksgiving, I don't know how many years we started this, how many years ago? Uh, back a few years ago, we started this tradition where at the table when we were all together, we would pass around a little bowl with kernels of corn, and we all would take out five kernels of corn and put them in front of us. And then after we said the prayer, we'd be, we'd take every kernel of corn, and we for, for five pieces of that corn, we would say five things that we were thankful for and then set it to the side. Each person had to do five things that they were thankful for. I remember one year we invited some of Tristan's friends over for Thanksgiving. You know, they're younger and, you know, probably not churched and all that stuff. And we did this, and they were like, when we asked them to, say what they were thankful for. They can't, they look stumped. They were sitting there going, we're like, are you okay? And they're like, yeah, we've never done anything like this before. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of weird to think about what I'm thankful for. But then as they opened up to it, they, they began to lean into it. And uh, I use corn to feed deer, <laughs> but I still used the corn and said what I was thankful for. <laughs> but The whole purpose around that, again, is to shift the atmosphere. She knew what she was doing. Shift the atmosphere to not what we don't have or how I feel in this particular moment, but what am I thankful for that God has done for me in the past or what he's doing for me right now in the midst of what I'm going through. And it seems real simple, and it seems really easy, but guys, it's not, right? Right? Am I the only one that experiences that? No, it's not. Why? Because it takes you making a sacrifice. For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.